Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? Step up like a boss and save the day? Or see what life's like under the tree of life? Did you? If you could. Would you? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play. Bring the magic at Walt Disney World Resort. All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Questlove Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. <laughs> ready? Not a bad idea. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Questlove Supreme. I will say that this is a highly personal episode for myself. In my professional... Yeah, this is Eddie and Arsenio territory right here. Like, yes. For real. It, no, no. It's not going to be Eddie and Arsenio. <laughs> um, I will say that in my, my 30 plus years of being in this business... I never thought the day uh, would occur that my first interview with the person who literally introduced me to hip hop <laughs> would ever happen on my platform. I mean, that's 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 how often I dreamed of like being on her show. I mean, even when I was listening to her, I didn't have dreams of being in hip hop, but literally. What uh, what you know, what Greg Mack means to KDAY in LA, what Mr. Magic means for New York City. I will say that this 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 young lady um, was was not only crucial for the tri-state area, but in hip hop in general. Because I mean, at one point, Philly was the second largest hip hop market in the in the first formative years of hip hop being on wax between like. 79 and 89 yeah just any major first um you know yeah. the first time i heard cutting and scratching on grandmaster flash on the wheels of steel the first time i heard <laughs> pumpkin play a breakbeat on on spoonie g's love rap the first time i heard sucker mcs the first time i heard uh anything by the juice crew the first time god the the moment <laughs> i first heard rebel without a pause it's it's this young lady on our show for all you roots aficionados of course um, her voice might be familiar to you if if you hold our Things Fall Apart album near and dear. She's on the Without a Doubt song. Without a Doubt. That was the best so session ever. Person. She is <laughs> the first female to be on Wax as an MC, a pioneering DJ. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Welcome to the person who introduced me to hip hop, Lady B. Thank mm. you. Oh, I feel so touched by that. Mm, but, mm, but you know what? As I approach, you know, Chris, as I approach this 40th anniversary, I've been doing a lot of reflecting right? and just getting in my spirit with God and just thanking him for being the person who did what you just said that I did to introduce a, a genre of music that little had faith in. So hmm. a lot of political crap connected to that to get it on the radio oh and, and you're know. right i know you and say that philadelphia <laughs> is the second no i want i want i want to tell the facts and here's another thing i decided to do for my 40th i'm usually very humble mm-hmm. not no more um, yes. come on bring it out when people say you're a pioneer you're an icon you're this you're that and then i start thinking just the other day well i swear to god i was like you know what onus is the onus because you did it and yeah, too many times the brothers get all the accolades and we as sisters, we don't. So, yeah, I'm going to put my fist in the air and I'm going to say it with my chest out yeah. that it wasn't just as far as, you know, people always say New York was first and then Philly was the second biggest um, uh, market. First of all, all due respect to the only man who shared my same story, and that is Mr. Magic in New York. I miss this brother so much, but he's the only one that is parallel with my life and what we did. And yeah. to fight to get it on FM radio in mm-hmm. Philadelphia, you have to understand that I was the first one to play it on FM radio. What Magic and I were doing was a college thing. I kicked y'all off on AM. And then when Power <laughs> 99 put us on FM, that, that made stations across the country follow suit. Yes. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Like I started this avalanche of, yes, of, of a culture. And I'm so proud to say that I, I did that. And when I think back on just how much friggin' fun I had doing that, I am mm-hmm. so full of joy right about now. Like I'm I'm doing a lot of reflecting and I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, I did that. I knew these millionaires when they were broke and had roaches in their right. apartment. And right. I'm so glad to have helped them follow their dreams and and, and do what they do. It's it's amazing. It's it's you have no, you have no idea how many brick walls I came across people. Oh my oh, I'm God, ask, nobody. I'm ask you, wait, don't yep. give it away. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna ask you these questions. <laughs> okay. <laughs> wait. <laughs> wait. I'm we got time. This Look, this ain't a radio show. Uh, let me sorry, got time. Yeah. Look, let right, me fall back right. and calm but, down. I'm sorry. Let me just say that, you know, you you, you revealed how many uh, decades around the sun that you were before we went on air. And I have to say that you were, still a timeless teenager to me like you you literally have not like this is when she was 19 as as an on-air personality this is the same one like nothing (laughs) has changed nothing has changed at all um you know this is I feel like this is my first real conversation with you like we've seen each other in passing and whatnot we do it is I think it is but I'm I'm glad to finally get a moment to 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 wrap to you because I have so many questions about my hometown and what you know what I didn't get to experience that you know you also helped pave the way. Well, first of all, are you from Philadelphia? Born and raised West Where Philadelphia. What part were you born in? Same. Well, I was born. Uh, my family. My mother owned a bar on Woodland Avenue in Southwest Alan, Philadelphia. I, you, your mom owned uh, the alley. Alley's alley. Yes. That's your mom's doing? 
That was what? my mother's part. I grew up in that part. On 49th and Woodland Avenue. <laughs> that is correct. Allie's and Alley is, is my grandmother's name. Allie, yes. Wow. Yeah. Yo, because mm-hmm. I, I used to catch the 36 trolley. <laughs> That's exactly where he was at the trolley barn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay. That was my mom's bar. And then she raised us in Winfield. So I was literally, I literally grew up from kindergarten right two blocks from where Will and his mom lived. In Ooh, wow. Talk about your uh, your people real quick, because you have an interesting background, like ethnically. My Malaysian, African-American connection. Yes. <laughs> we like to call it. My grandfather is uh, from Malaysia. Uh, he's Malaysian, born in Singapore. Wow. My grandmother um, was a prevalent thing. She was a little mixed up everything. And uh, they married and had 10 children, and they raised them right there on Willing Avenue, Quest. Um, so, yeah, I had... Yeah, my mother's my mother had uh, ten siblings, five with Arabic names, five with Christian names. It's a very blended, really? family, very interesting family. <laughs> so you were always like around 49th and Woodland. I yeah, I did my homework at that bar because I washed the the glasses. I, yeah. Mm-hmm, oh my I did god, that. yo! Because literally that that little grocery store next door to Alley's Alley is right? reason I don't have any teeth now. All that candy, All candy. remember <laughs> that damn candy? I used Shout to out like to Mr. Luther. I used to tell him, You're gonna pay my dentist bill. I go in there, I go in my mom's bar, I get like three dollars, and that's penny candy. That's 300 right. pieces of candy. Right. <laughs> and right. I would buy it. <laughs> I, Look, yo, I, I would and always eat be it. in that store next door. <laughs> not to mention uh, Jack Myers across the street. Yes. Okay, you're right, Fonte. This might turn into Arsenio and Eddie. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> nah, y'all, yeah, talk y'all shit, man. Yeah, go ahead. But real rap, but yeah, so yeah, that's that's where I Winfield, West Philadelphia girl. My grandmother used to live on uh, 49th and King Sussing. So, okay, my grandmom lived one block over. So what's that? 49, 48th Street. Oh, that's by a move house. Really? Mm. Yeah, her house is still. Yep, right behind, right off of Pasco. Oh wow, because I know that Sister Sledge and their grandmom lived on. <laughs> On the block, they did. Behind. They came. They yeah. Kathy's grandma and them came from around that area too. Yeah, they they were like in the backyard of where my grandma lived. That's where uh, mm-hmm. their grandma lived. My brother took all of them on the prom. Their mom wouldn't allow them to have prom dates. Like he took at least, at least three sister sledges on their proms. What? Like every three years <laughs> or together. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Flo wouldn't let them go out on dates. No, you're right. No, it was good. He was like the standing prom dude. Dude. Every everyone has a Miss Blow story about how strict she was with their daughters. What? But, you know, Listen I guess here. you had to. You, I guess you had to do that, that back then. You know. Mm-hmm. Of course she did. They were beautiful, mm-hmm. talented, and if she hadn't, they would they would not be where they are today. Okay, so because your your story is so loaded, I want to. I kind of want to start with the session that will start with "To the Beach, Y'all." Your twelve inch single. Okay, so how how did that come to be? So I'm the youngest of four, my older sister. I, I learned and did way too much before my time, mm-hmm. but I followed behind her like a little puppy dog, which landed me in the club scene. Kim Graves, Whispers, Serendipity. It was that back then Philly had a club night every night. Like at Tuesdays you went here, Wednesdays you went there, Friday that was popping. That was kind was, of the. Was the it more neighborhood clubs or? No, these were all like downtown. Like Kim Gray's was 20th and Samson Serendipity's was down here. Club Whispers was like off of 13th and Walnut. So it's kind of like a center downtown. city. Okay. Yeah, downtown type thing. And um, 
I befriended World Be Free, the basketball player, and Daryl Dawkins, and they hung out with my sister. They were like older than me. I was kind of like the little, yeah, the little one that followed behind, just trying to hang out with the older kids. <laughs> exactly. You said there's ten of you. And, um, you, you said there's ten of you. What's the girl boy ratio of your siblings? Uh, two and two, and it's just me and my brother now. I am the youngest, and they're okay. all three years apart. And eight years later. Yeah, my mother went to get her appendix taken out and they found an embryo. Here I am. Wow. Whoa. It was definitely, definitely not planned. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, golden child. Uh, I started hanging out in the club scene, <laughs> hanging out with World and them and going up to New York, you know, and I started hearing hip hop. I'm like, this is dope. You know, and I was on the courtyards and the projects walking up to pissy elevators and shit, like listening to hip, like in the hip hop. Like I went to see what their culture was about. And then I was working, called myself getting a little part-time job before I went back to college, before I went to college in the first place. And- Where'd you go? Um, I wanted to go, listen, my plans were to go to Howard. All this got kicked to the curb. Let me tell you the story. That was my plan. I wanted to be a lawyer, a corporate lawyer is what I wanted to do with my life. <laughs> This is before this happened. And mm. being in the club, there was a DJ, Lawrence Levon. Larry Levon, yeah. He would break down these break beats, and I would put my tray down. I was a cocktail waitress. I put my tray down. Had no business being in there. Mind you, I'm not 21 yet. Put my put my tray down and go, you know, do what I heard world and I'm doing, busting rhymes. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> On the break beat. Be free, you That's what I was about to say. Yeah, he was the no, original world, rapper player. World, no, he, he took me around people that that did it. You understand okay. what I'm saying? Okay. And then I no seriously, like we, I, we went shopping for him for his first 1200s and we set up the tables in the living room. Like it was a whole thing with us. Like his crew, Daryl, you couldn't tell Daryl Dawkins. He wasn't a rapper. He had the whole remember quest. I don't know. Oh, you might be too young, he but baby. he had this whole, I don't. he had this whole setup in his crib. He was chocolate thunder. W D U N K. Like they were into it. So <laughs> really? Yep, that's right. how I got introduced to hip hop. These old, these older basketball players—they were and young at that time, wow. but old to me—they were eight years my elder. And and then, um, so I'm doing this, and this becomes popular. And Kim Gray's now they're telling me, put the tray down, go in here and do your thing, go go do one of them rhymes. <laughs> so then Perry wow. Johnson, that was Dr. the Perry DJ Johnson? of Dr. Perry Johnson from WDAS. Is he still alive? Yes, he's a real doctor now. I actually went and got a doctorate. He's in, no, in L.A. No. <laughs> yes. Okay, wait, 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 hang on one second. You got to slow down a second. So I can hook it up for our listeners. So Dr. Perry Johnson was probably one of our the most- Our Frankie Crocker. Yes, he was one of the most crucial DJs of Philadelphia. If you're a fan of Bohannon's Let's Start the Dance, uh, come on and do it. Come on and do it. Come He's the shake of boom boom. boom yeah, okay. there's, there's there's a special remix with a guy doing like DJ rapping, like shake a boom boom, shake a tech. Like if you just look up Bohan and let's start the dance, Dr. Perry Johnson, like his his rapping over that song was just as famous as the original song itself. But it's such it a was. legend. He's a real doctor now. He's a real doctor now and an author. He had a book signing here maybe <laughs> not that long before COVID. Mm -hmm. I gotta meet that brother, man. I gotta meet. Oh, Dr. we can make Perry. that happen. I have his number in my you phone. Know he would be does. so. He would be so touched. Yes. Wow, shit. He would be so touched. But anyway, he approaches me to do this um, hip hop song, and I remember calling World like, "Yo, they want me to do a a record, doing what you do, like what the Sugar Hill guys did," and blah blah blah. He's like, "You're gonna do it?" I'm like, "I don't want to do that." 
And long story short, Mimi Brown, mm-hmm. another well-known DJ, and my sister sat up Legend. drinking or doing whatever they were doing and uh, took these three by five cards and kept telling me to tell them all my rhymes and they put them on cards and they stuck them on the board. And the very next day I was in the studio and I cut to the beach, y'all. And when people wonder, wonder why I hate the song so much, even though it will go down in history as the first female on wax, it was to a direct current song that they really didn't make any money off of. So they, rather than do a new track, they made me rap over this over whack the old ass track. So mad about that. And secondly, come to find out that the guy who owned the label didn't even really want it to really hit. Um, it was more of a tax write-off thing to him. Um, mm-hmm. He was kind of a crook. He didn't pay Frankie Smith for double Dutch butts either. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah, mm. It, he was a real he was a real shyster. And it was a one take song. Like I was like, but I can do that part. They were like, no, it's fine, print. I'm like, but <laughs> I- was was this on WMOT Records? It was before he had MOT, it was TEC Records. It's a yellow label with black writing. Wow. It's down shady. Yeah. So anyway, but and but here's the bright side of my to the beach all lady B experience to give you a little hip hop history. I feel like I'm writing a book and telling my truth. Yeah, because you never should. Told these stories. <clears throat> no, honestly, this is the I've never told these stories before, but I will say okay. this. We'll kick um, I didn't, I got financially taken advantage of with, with this gentleman, and I didn't and get the money would turn around at the song being the first female and no one knew that hip hop was going to be that popular and messed around and went gold. So, and dude wasn't paying me, but then Mr. Gangster himself, Mr. Joe Robinson, owner of Sugar Hill records, Sugar Hill, uh, yeah. stepped to do, got my master, pressed it up and paid me for my song. <laughs> wow. Okay. And you don't normally hear stories about Joe like that. Like, so that's right. they that laugh. It's a big joke. It's a big joke amongst me and guy. Everybody else on the label, they was like, Lady B was the only one that got paid. <laughs> <laughs> Joe was like a dad to me, not, not to forget that I'm the one playing all of these records coming out of his camp. So, right. yeah, I don't think he was pretty stupid. He, 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 he was very smart to, to befriend me at that time. Yo, what's up? This is Fonte, Fontigolo from Team Supreme. Black representation in media is very important to me. I think it's important to have our stories told by people who look like us and who have shared in our common experiences. Some of my earliest influences were Donnie Simpson. Uh, I would also say Tom Joyner, Angela Stribling, uh, Sherry Carter. They were just people who told our stories with a lot of class and dignity and were big inspirations to me. The next generation of influential Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collection, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. Every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Shmurda to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the Black experience. Hear a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcast, The Center Black Voices. It's NPR Noir. Listen now to Black Stories, Black Truths from NPR wherever you get podcasts. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. 
And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have a ton of questions about LASIK? You're not alone. That's why we created LASIK.com, one place where you can go to find every answer to every question on your mind. Like, how much does LASIK cost? How long does recovery take? How do I find a doctor? If you've been thinking about LASIK, go to LASIK.com now. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Were you a communications major in college? Like, did you have... I was not. So here we go. So remember, I was going to go to, mm-hmm. to college or whatever. Howard. And my mother, my my paternal father passed uh, when I was three years old from a heart attack. My mother remarried and my stepfather passed when I was about 12, 11, 12. So I had, you know, when, when you're in a service, both of them were in the service, you can go to college for free. It's paid for because your dad was in the service. So now I'm stuck because I got this record out and I'm getting shows and I'm going up to Harlem and I'm standing on stage with a mic. And this is crazy, but I want to go back to school because I got free school just sitting there. So I came up with the great idea. And once I got, you know, the record came out and I go to HAT and I get this job and an office job and I'm start begging them to let me play hip hop. I said, well, you had to have a, a license to be on the air. You don't have to anymore. But back then the FCC required a license. So I went to broadcasting school while I was at the station and really? got it for three years and got my license. For three years? Mm. Damn. It's a long time to broadcast. I wanted it extra. There was different levels of it. And I, I wanted, yeah, I wanted to do more than radio. I got a license like to do TV or whatever. Uh, so oh, there's yeah. some things like, you can do. It's not like that anymore. The FCC done changed all day. You could just walk up the street and get a damn radio show now. Look hey, at I us. I got my home. radio show. See? That <laughs> part. <laughs> Um, yeah, so for, for our listeners uh, listening, she mentioned uh, HAT. WHAT was an AM radio station. I knew, as a kid, I knew it because, like, my, I mean, the way that people always listen to talk radio now, we had a woman by the name of Mary Mason in Philadelphia. Who I owe my grandma. And, I mean, I don't know how typical it was for a Black woman to have her own platform to that of, like, uh, I mean, who's popular Kathy Hughes? Now? Kathy Hughes. I was talking in terms of like Alex, what's his name? Like, let me let me just share one Mary Mason story. Please, please. Yeah, I'm 18 years old, and Nancy Reagan walks into the lobby. The Secret Service are with her. Blah blah blah. She just does a pop up, right? To stop by to say hi to Mary. This is how politically strong she was. Was and she told me, and I quote, Tell that bitch I don't have time. <laughs> what <laughs> I'm trying to get Carter in office. <laughs> I was like, wow, oh, wow, yeah. so here I am. So here I am, y'all. 18, like, 
how do I? Oh, she told you to tell that bitch. Yes. Oh. So I got to go out here and look this lady in her face and like, ma'am, I'm so sorry, but Miss Mason, it's uh, uh, flattered that you stopped by. However, her schedule, you know, I had to go through the whole sh- shebang, but that's what she told me. I've heard her curse at the mayor and hang up on him about her Phillies tickets. Like she, Miss Mason was a B. She is the, the reason I have the backbone and that my shoulders are back and mm. I've never let anyone um, talk to me or, or or try to get over it. At least not knowingly. I mean, they ended up a couple times anyway, but they had to sneak and do it. No, I've, I've never allowed anyone to um, be blatantly disrespectful in my face, if you will. Okay. Mm, I'm going to talk about that later. To okay. me, she was like the original Rush Limbaugh. Like, she's very what? controversial also. Like, I know she supported like Frank Rizzo or she cried. He was a politician on the radio is what Mary was. And I will have to say that she walked her walk. She was uh, dedicated to this community of people. Mm -hmm. She got on the air and talked about things that other people wouldn't even touch and and called people on it. Like she, she, she made, (laughs) she, she, I I witnessed this woman change lives. Yeah. And, she was something. And then you she took the baton else. and now you do the same thing. Well, I, later, because I, I mean, I didn't take the baton from her then. Because I, I take took, it. I mean, she, yeah. When she passed ass. that baton to me, I exactly. was doing hip hop. I was crazy. We was having fun. Y'all was having fun. You just said it. I was playing all that good <laughs> stuff for y'all. Right. I just came, I just came into my Mary Mason vibe. Right now. That's what I'm years. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I, I remember like discovering your show around like late 1980, early 81. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, every Saturday afternoon, whatever. We, my brother and I would just record like. Everybody says, I remind them of pause, record, pause, record. Whenever I see Beanie Siegel, he goes, pause, record. Oh, right. No. Oh, you're world <laughs> famous for that. Get your pause, press your pause, press your pause button. But to have a radio show and you were on for like two to three hours. But I'm mm-hmm. thinking, like, back in 81, was there even two to three hours worth of quality hip-hop to play so every week? I like, I like to explain it like this. I laugh every time I hear the term digging in the crates. And that's crates with an S. Because when I started playing hip-hop on the radio, there was a crate, one crate. <laughs> was it full? It was full to the max. Okay. I mean, not everything was, um, I was picky. It was, was good enough to play. Right. Um, you know, when it went, when we first started, uh, when we realized we could take what we were doing in our backyards and our neighborhoods and our courtyards and put it on wax and that, you know, this was possible. Everybody tried to do it, it whether they could rap or not. Um, but I was very, I think the thing that, um, number one, you have to understand when hip hop started, it was, its purpose was to, stop a terrible disease in the black community that was full of violence and gang war. And, and, and it, it was, it was crazy. It was getting a little out of hand with it. So hip hop gave, I mean, I'm sure if you spoke to an Africa Bambada, he would co-sign this, but hip hop gave us a way to battle each other and represent our neighborhoods, not with knives and guns, but with turntables and microphones. And it, it became this thing like you, you had to rep your neighborhood with your rhymes and and God forbid if you bit anybody else's rhyme, you had to come with your shit and it had to be real and it had to be raw and it had to be authentic. And everybody couldn't do that. Some people just thought they could just get out a book of 
words that rhyme and put some shit together and hand it to me to get on the air. That that happened a lot. But if you if I couldn't understand, number one, what you were saying, like I um, no disrespect to what people like these kids like today or whatever. But mumble rap was just makes my skin crawl, because for me, a good MC is very articulate. You can hear every word. I don't care what, what if he's saying something wrong, disrespectful. I have to hear what you're saying or why did you waste that banging ass beat? Like, why? Why are you here? <laughs> B, do you remember like your first show and the records that you had to play out of the crate? Like, all right, this is my first show. I got to get so and so. Well, you have to understand then we kind of got, um, you know, we did, you know, I laugh when I see Jeff and Cash and, and Rich Medina and them cats and you quest and, and Biz may you rest in peace go deep into this, this DJ thing. But you have to understand when hip hop started is when we first learned how to cut and scratch a break beat. So that took up so much time. Right. Not only am I going to just take the train, but I'm going to take the train for about a good 12, 14 damn minutes. Right. Oh, so that exactly. took a lot of time on the radio. Oh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Extend breaks you so gonna, long. You're going to yeah. cut that joke. What? Suck MCs. <laughs> then, then you got the flip side. Then you got the <laughs> instrumental that you could cut in with that joint. Right. Then you got another DJ at one time on Power 99. It was so dope. Me and Jeff Mills, may he rest in peace, had, uh, he Jeff had two turns. Yes, he had two turntables on his side. I had two turn turn, turn, turn tables and we had a reel to reel. So we have okay. six elements going in. I'm cutting in other songs in the middle. People, it was blowing people's my blue. Yeah, it never like, crossed my mind. I'm gonna just have a real dumb moment because I know I'm not alone in this. I don't think it ever crossed my mind as you were literally mixing records like that. I remember Ron and, and Daryl coming to my studio for the first time. They like, so you gonna mix the record and interview us? I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you were more than just a personality. It's like, no, I'm an actual DJ. I was DJ. a B <laughs> girl on the radio, and I still yeah. am. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that you also, um, you guys would at least on like the, the like the midpoint, or at least the last hour of the of the WHAT portion of your show. Like you were also playing like craft work. Like oh. what what would become like B-boy, you know, like it's time. Well, you have like- to understand uh, break dancing was a major element for us right. in the beginning of, of this thing. So if, if you couldn't break to it, it definitely didn't get played. And they demanded it because you have to understand I am taping the only hip hop y'all going to have for the week. And then y'all with Jones until the next week. Like I was the only one with Pepsi. Right. You understand? Like I'm the only place you can get it. People were driving. You can ask Chuck D. They would drive down to Philly to take yeah. my show. Yes. So it, it was like that. It, it was like this thing and everybody had to have it. And it was just so much freaking fun doing it. It was so. And Mary Mason never said she she never pulled your coat on anything. Not a record. Nobody ever said, listen, you can't be playing that no more. It was never. We, we won't even mention discombobulator boobulator. No. <laughs> I'd love discombobulator. No, <laughs> you cannot love that anymore. What? Okay, yeah. what is that song? What? what I'm so lost. What, what is that? It, all right, it's. I'll. I'll get to 1986 in a second. Hang on. We we had a, a small controversy with MC Breeze discombobulator boobulator. But wait, before you, before I, I go on, there's two things I gotta ask you. One, how often did you record your own shows on WHAT? He wants them. I know. So everybody tap tap money. Every DJ has asked me this question. So in my possession, I have not gone through them. I do have some real to reels. 
But as far as cassettes, I people have been giving them to me over the years. I meet a listener on the air and said that they used to take me and they still have them. As a matter of fact, I've been asking people to give them back or I can make a copy off them of them and give them back to them. Um, Cause I, and I didn't even have a cassette player in the house, but my niece and nephews brought me one last year. <laughs> so <laughs> it's fly little John. It looks like a boom box, but it's Bluetooth compatible. It's so cute. Right. But I have it sitting right here on my desk, but I now want to get the cassettes so I can hear them. But I do have, like, I do have some of those reel to reels. You got to convert those in like. I have them. to, I know I'm getting to the point. COVID did allow me to do a lot of purging. So there is a little order to my madness. So I'm getting it all together. <laughs> At least yeah. I know tapes are here. Reel to reels are here. Now I just got to dive into them. Okay, so, I got to ask a question. There's a record you used to always play, and I thought it was a Philly record. And I'm just finding out that this guy is from New York. But do you know the whereabouts of R.C. LaRock, a.k.a. the Maestro? Are you ready? Hold your hat. Hold your hat, because you're not going to believe this is right here. Hit me. Sunday night, uh, my show was sold out, by the way, at the Dell Music Center. It's been sold what out. What show for three. is that, B? Hey, it is my 40th anniversary <laughs> in radio and hitting the stage for the very first time Boom. at the Dell will Boom. be everybody around the nation yeah, going to give you something. <laughs> I have to fulfill my obligation, set you on a little vacation, but you don't need no reservation. No. No. <laughs> you found R.C. LaRock, the maestro? Yo, he's so hyped about doing the show that me and Charlie Mack were like, I don't know how old he is now. And I'm like, does anybody tell him he's going to have to put a track behind him? Because he's not going to make it through all them lyrics. Oh. Like, there's no way. Me and Tariq will drive down and do the lyrics for him. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I was. This is not Sunday, the answer I was expecting. Sunday night at the Dell, be there or be square. Who Damn. else is performing at this? Oh, you don't want to know. You ain't ready. <laughs> <laughs> I've never had EPMD. They will be in the building because um, I've been doing this for 10 years now. I've never had nice and smooth. They will be in the building. I have my iconic Sugar Hill gang, Melly Mel and his crew. Right. I have Roxanne Shantae. I always try to have a female every year. She's my female this year. EPMD, nice and smooth. Kumo D will be in the building. And uh, my headliner is Big Daddy King. Oh, man. Yo, mm -hmm. you know where the maestro is. Where's he He's from? gonna be on my state. You gotta see this video. Oh, I gotta, I'm gonna say, send me your number. I'm yes. gonna send you this video that he did. He is, he's, he's the maestro. That's all I can say. Wow. You just, you just. He wants something like, yo, lady B, it's your boy, RC the Rock. I'm coming down here to rock the joint. August. That's <laughs> right, because B do promo videos for everybody. My God. No, bro. people wow. are doing, um, oh, and you have to do one too. Uh, people are doing happy 40th anniversary videos. We're trying to make a I will hashtag. Absolutely do happy I will 40th, absolutely Lady B. Do spread the word. Get everybody to do it. Let's blow the spot up. I will hashtag do this. happy 40th, Lady B. Let's go. Woo, woo. Wow. <laughs> All right, y'all, you know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. 
make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So I remember when you you came to Power 99, I believe in 84, like around fall of 84, Home of the no rap work days. I'm not even around around that time. I mean, I I I religiously remember this, but there was a period in which you were off of WHHT between I I guess like around '83 or whatever. What what happened in that gap year? Like I didn't hear. Like I went from no, I went from HAT to Power ninety nine. Then Power ninety nine fired me, and I went up to New York. I was on BLS. Okay, so your original Sunday afternoon show on Power 99. My original radio gig was 1340 AM. First time hip-hop was ever played on wax. Then I was approached by DAS, and this is when Power was just born. You know, it used to be a country station. Right. This is when Mm -hmm. they decided to make it, you know, an urban station. They both made an offer. And honestly, being a DAS child and raised by Butter, um, definitely one of his bonus children. I um, it was Butter who gave me the name Lady B, by the way. Hmm. Um, Wait, so, I don't know what your real name is. Do we know what your real name is? We, uh, I have a government name. It is my family. Baha'i. Everybody calls me Baha'i. That's what the B stands for. Baha'i. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, they both made an offer, but 99's offer was more. And I went to Butter kind of teary eyed because I'm a kid and I really want to, my dream is to work for DAS. And and he told me, and I quote, and I love him for it. He said, baby, I'm going to need you to go get that money. <laughs> so, yes, indeed. Oh, good for you. Yes, and I was like, but brother, he was like, listen here, you will shine. Mm-hmm. Fly, fly, my child, fly. Go get that money. By this point in 84, 85, when we're going into the second phase of what hip hop is with the Def Jam era, with the Rush era, Houdini. You mean when Russell finally got the deal with CBS? Yes, that yes, era. The, the whole, what I call the Fresh Fest era, where you're introducing us to the Fat Boys, where you're introducing us to the Beastie Boys and Run DMC and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I do know that New York's resistance to hip hop uh, being performed, at least in Manhattan, opens a door for Philadelphia uh, to become the second biggest market because, you know, Chuck D used to always tell me that the most, you know, they could, they could play in Long Island at that stadium, but they could never play Madison Square Garden. So to them, 
playing the spectrum was just as important. Major, you playing Masters those are Garden, the brick. Those are the brick walls I was telling you about, Quest. Like people think that, oh yeah, you know, we start doing this and everybody, you know, opened their arms and 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 loved on it. No, we had to fight for a lot of stuff that people take for granted now. In my opinion, right. you have no idea. We had politicians. I don't know if y'all remember picketing at radio stations. No more rap. Parental it, advisory. Yeah, we we went through so much. Yeah. Uh, we went through so much, but you know, God bless Russell for getting that deal with CBS because that's when, you know, now we see the monetary value uh, of it. And we see that, um, you know, you got executives at CBS who are saying, damn, public enemy and the Beastie Boys are selling just as much as Luther and Michael. Wait, wait a minute. Let's take a look at this. Right. And those kind of numbers and 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 the masses that a a, a national a distribution deal brought to hip hop um, made it it was combustible it it exploded if you will it touched a globe something that was created in the boroughs of New York and by me hanging out <laughs> with those crazy older people I had no business hanging out with uh, bringing it to Philadelphia. And, and and all of us collectively fighting for um, the time on the radio. Here's the, here's the thing. When I was on AM, mm-hmm. the woman who owned the station didn't even know my name. This woman walked by me every day, never spoke to me, never said anything. I had this little show for a couple of hours on a Saturday. It grew right. to a Sunday. Mm-hmm. They saw the numbers started to grow. It grew to a weekly show. And she started speaking to me. Moral of the story. Hi, Miss mm-hmm. Clark. How are you, Miss Dye? How are you? She didn't care nothing mm-hmm. about me, but I started making her so much money. Like Billboard did this big article. I broke records on AM ratings. AM had never gotten ratings like that. So that's right. what happened. To, to fast forward to where you're talking about, when you know it's not an out your trunk, you go to the press and plan and press up your own type situation, which is what it was. It was like drugs, you know. You didn't, so, you didn't bag it up. You pressed it up and then you right. sent it out to the community. Mm-hmm. So by the time but, you got to Power 99, though, where was where was hip hop in this relationship with radio? Because like by this time where there other cities like was by LA this time, pop- you have to understand that power is where I played Girls of the World Ain't Nothing But Trouble. OK. Before, oh, I mean, Jeff and oh, so first. In, OK. Well, yeah, this is when Jeff and 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 this is when Steady B and Will were battling on the radio. I wow. remember that. Okay. We had make we it or break it. And so there's still the, no um, West Coast hip hop radio. Some still, of the yeah. some of the songs they couldn't even uh, wait to get it to the press. I played a lot of acetates. You know what that is? Yes. Plus, you know, like mm-hmm. Test so for, I played yeah. a lot of those. You played, you played a worked. Don't Believe the Hype acetate that I still can't find. It's a whole I, different mix. I, I have acetates here in my storage that I will not part with. Man. They just have a sentimental value, but. Well, I played it off cassette, you know what I mean? And before it even got, Ooh, they hard. wanted to hurry up and get it out. Mm-hmm. What What should also be noted is that, um, I mean, Power 99 wasn't your only platform. And what I want to know is- Oh no, come okay, on, so we, was, we, we had, were hustlers. We were, I was a little promoter. I did all the hip hop parties. We did After Midnight. Yeah, I was going to say, After Midnight, the- The Mecca, like, the Mecca of hip hop. That's Philadelphia's <laughs> Ritz. That's Philadelphia's- you know, I, I don't know which New York venue I could compare it to, but um, um, second it ain't quarter. the Latin Quarter, right? Latin Quarter, well, no, no, that was our Latin Quarter. 
Oh, that was oh, our exactly. last quarter. It went down. Okay. This is what I want yeah. to know though. Now I was for I was forbidden to go to after midnight because of course you know parents were like too violent. Da 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 da. Was after night? It was after midnight. As bad as all the authority figures in my life told me that it was. Um, first of all, God bless the authority figures in your life. <laughs> oh, really? Not everyone <laughs> survived the era of after oh. midnight. Uh, uh, um, I will say that it was. I wish I knew the history. Um, the owner passed away not too long ago, too. But I want to say before it was a hip hop club. It was some kind of seedy underground because it had like a movie theater in it right it had these obscure it rooms off spaghetti warehouse to the sides well no he took and bought the spaghetti warehouse and tried to make it but there it would nothing would ever be as the underground's rowdown was you're going down these steps into this basement mm. and once mm. you enter you're in a whole different world you know me and shante uh, she brought me to tears but we were talking about um the first time she and biz had performed there and picture this this is one of my favorite nights with biz and shantae so you know how philly is where our fans are ignorant so shantae's up there (laughs) with a little squeaky voice i'm shantae so this so no business or beatbox he's beatboxing there's no record Mm -hmm. playing he's beatboxing for it and this nigga in philly yells out yo fuck you you suck you whack some shit something something disrespectful and she she turned around, she looked at Biz, she said, give me a good beat, Biz. And she came off the stage and off the top of her head, tore this boy down. You're a bum, you're a bum, you're a bum, you're a bum. And like she just, everything that he was wearing, she talked about, she tore him up down to his sneakers, how his hair was wow. messed up, his breath stank. It was, and all you see is people are standing there like, oh, snap, like that <laughs> happened, like, no. <laughs> I will never forget that night. Like, not ever. It was the best. It was the best. Were you there for the infamous Jazz Fresh Big Daddy Kane battle? I've heard about this, but did it? Listen, you don't even know. I don't know if, do do you remember when, what was it called? Like, yeah, the World Supremacy Contest that Philadelphia DJs kept winning? The DMC. They had it at the the Marriott. No, before that, it was a convention. Right. It was the World Supremacy Contest for the best DJ. And, before my- yeah, before your time. It, uh, Jeff won, Miz won, and Cash Money won. Miz. So one year, I'm um, I'm judging, yeah. and Jeff won. I'll never forget that. That's the year he took the basketball out and put it on the turntable, and and Will's what? jumping over the table, and we're freaking out because he won. Because this is for all the DJs around the world. And then the next year, I'm on the judging panel again. And cash money one. And they were like, I was influencing the, the judges. It's uh, not fair. Billy keeps winning because Lady B is, you know. They said you rigged it? No, they, no, they were just saying, like, uh, I was yelling at the other at the other, D, uh, the other judges. Like, you can clearly see it's not because I'm from Philly. Like, that was dope. Like, they had little tricks. Right. Yeah, it was a DJ contest. So the following year, they said I had to MC the contest. I couldn't be a judge. So we're going to dispel, you know, that rumor. And then right. this one. And then this one. I wasn't even a judge that year. So right. 
DJ Miz from Philly. Philly got yeah. the best. They got the best DJs. That's those kind of Philly what did is. something, and we still we still are the best when it comes to the cutting and the scratching, and the transforming. I lived and worked up in New York for five years on the radio, and I always whip my chest out. I'm not scared of y'all. I'm like, okay, hip hop was born here. Y'all got some dope MCs, but when it comes to the tables, mm. Philly wins hands down. Mm. That that train wreck of a mix that y'all do up there, and I'm Ooh. cracking them records and not playing them. Uh, long enough and yes oh my god oh. Ah. Ah. <laughs> are there any other legendary after midnight stories like is there is there oh. an artist who is an icon now i'm gonna tell you here's the reason why well you're received? this is where this is where this is why your parents didn't want you to come to after midnight so we literally checked at the door we had the whole uh the wands with the metal protectors right. and whatnot. And I guess this guy got a little 25 in in his Timberland. Oh. And Chuck D and Flavor on stage, his public enemies on stage, and we hear pop, pop, pop. And everybody starts to scramble and run. And that's the day I found out that the S1Ws were really, really security. That wasn't a prop. All I remember oh, is being shit. folded in half and next thing I know, I was down the steps in the dressing room. I don't even know how I got there. That's how fast they moved me. How how often would they that happen? Gently took my stomach, and that didn't happen. That was the only uh, gun incident, but okay. it was one that I I will always remember because they literally took my stomach and with their hand and they put my head down, and then two brothers had my elbows. And next thing I know, I was downstairs. Wow. Yeah, I'll never forget the night that you premiered Rebel Without a Pause. I talk about this in my book, like you and Snow. First of all, where is Snow? I just saw him at a balloon release in memory of a friend that we lost, Big Bob. Do you remember Big Bob? Yeah. Yes. That passed away. Well, his mom, he died during COVID and we really couldn't do anything special. And on the year anniversary, not too long ago, his mom asked that we all come to the house and release some balloons in his name. And we did, we all showed up. So that yeah, was cool. I'm guessing y'all not talking about the informer. Okay. No, but you're no, talking no, no, about, no. so I want to get okay. back to playing. Snow, Snow was this dope ass white boy. He came up with the term. He used to say dope backwards. So we everything weren't was allowed to say the word dope on the air. We couldn't say that was dope. So he made an e-pod. Oh, wait, you weren't allowed to say dope? Yeah, we got in trouble for saying dope. What? Oh, e-pod. Mm. So dope. he flipped it and said it was e-pod. I thought he was just trying to be cool. No, that was our way of saying it without saying it. Wow. Are you kidding me? But anyway, let me tell you about Public Enemy. Um, I had a boss who said that I couldn't play Public Enemy. That's what I wanted to know. Okay. Um, forbid me to play Public Enemy. And um, I quit my job. I said, if Wait, I. Wait, is this uh, uh, not Harry uh, uh, Allen? Dave Allen? No, this is before no, Dave Allen. I'm going to drop no names. It, oh. No, it was actually the guy before Dave Allen. <laughs> I don't know the owner of, of 99. Doesn't even matter. He didn't want me to pay Public Enemy. Oh, uh, the black I, guy. Mm-mm. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Nope, he wasn't the black guy. Wow. <laughs> but anyway, uh, I, I I quit my job. I said, if I can't play them, then I quit and uh, forced their hand. And they um, went back in the studio and I played them. Really? Wow. But I had to put my foot down. Yeah, yeah I was going to say, the night... You premiered Rebel Without a Pause was like, if, if you guys are familiar with Orson Welles and the original War of the Worlds, 
Original world. World of Worlds when in 1930 people thought aliens were invading the United States. They <laughs> oh, thought it was right a real now. they thought it was a real like news report. And when it was mm-hmm. just like back when they used to listen to radios, you know, that mm-hmm. sort of thing. And all I remember was Chuck D got to Power 99 around one in the morning. <laughs> and the shit I've never heard like it was the it was the kind of silence like when someone dies on a sitcom, like <laughs> all laughing. And, you know, it was like you, Snow, um, you know. Or I, I used to go to school with Manamka. Uh, oh yes, she worked for me. Mm-hmm. I know. So mm-hmm. all of y'all were quiet in the studio, and you was like, "Look, I'm gonna go to commercial right now, but I need y'all to get your tapes. I'm gonna play something for you that you just." It, I can't describe what I'm about to play for you. I um, They're my favorites to the day, but I'll never forget the day being up in Def, Def Jam and up New York and Russell saying, you're not going to believe this, 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 this thing that Hank did, Hank and Chuck did. And I'm like, let me hear it. I fell in love. I, yeah. fell, I rocked that cassette all the way back down the turnpike. <laughs> I feel you. It was so dope. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K. LASIK.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. In general, what was the protocol for like hip hop promotion back then. Cause I, I mean, besides Mr. Magic, I mean, again, like you are a major portal. So like, is it relationships with, like when someone wants to break a new act open, like how does someone approach you about the fat boys? It, they had to bring it to me, you know, everybody had to come, everybody had a record rep that came and you was Told the you only to... gig in town, right, B? Like, literally, radio it. and I, club. I'm going to tell you, I I lived in this duplex apartment. Oh, you're making that money. You're right. I was so broke. <laughs> what? Um, <laughs> it was my very first apartment. And I remember 
the lady downstairs, she was cool with me. She would let me leave the 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 door that we shared open because they, they would just come and stick the records and leave them in my hallway. <laughs> right. Yeah. And they just leave them there for me. They got to know where I live. Like all the promotion men hung out at my crib. It was like a damn. Yeah. And that was never a problem. Damn. Like, wow, come on, I was young. It was like, I know, but I'm just like, you think ever. You never felt in no harm's way. That's like, that's a beautiful thing. Is it another time? Now you gotta understand, I still got my crazy older sister around me too. And then there's that. I mean, you know, and and may she rest in peace. My sister was a straight gangster, so I didn't fear too much. No. So what I want to know is, was there an act that a label or manager tried to push off on you? that you weren't feeling at the time or whatever and you were like all right well oh like how do you are you how honest are you allowed to be when it comes to like i like well, this i don't like this i no i definitely that was one thing i played what i wanted to play um and when have you been wrong <laughs> um <laughs> i was wrong a couple times i was wrong about hammer well, really? But you never know. You fair. never played. You never played like. I did an honest make it or break it. I let the listeners vote. They didn't vote. I broke the damn records. Not my fault. The Philly didn't like it. Oh, uh, I forgot about make it or break it. Oh, and yeah, I would remember. Yeah. I would literally crack the record. You could hear all the the, the vinyl fall on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> that was a real thing. What was the record? What was the hammer record? That y'all were uh, everyone he ever gave us. Like, and then it went <laughs> pop, and then it came back around. Uh-huh. I remember at the Spectrum, Hammer sent his security people to come get me, and he was mad. I went in his dressing when he's like, "Why you break my record?" I'm like, "It's a contest, dude. I didn't do it. Philly broke your record. I didn't break it. I mean, I'm just a messenger." <laughs> I'm gonna let y'all in on something. Hammer's biggest fan in 1987, Tariq Black Thought Trotter. The clothes. I can believe it. The clothes. I believe it. Nah, he was he, the pants. No, really, he was right, the pants, right? It was the pants. No, Tariq was just. It was the way he went side to side. What would explain? Because I just, <laughs> no, 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 just no, no, lost no. so many points with me just now, and I no, love no, no, him. No, no, no. I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, Don't make me throw Tariq, a pen at the screen. Let's get it started. Listen, this day, wait, let me explain. That was. I, I'm gonna say I didn't say I didn't like it. I'm just it wasn't very popular. It was Philly. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm gonna tell you, Tariq loves. The Apache breakbeat so much. To turn his mother uh, out. Come that on. Nobody, <laughs> nobody could go any wrong on it. Oh, and so it was the beat that got you. Because I'm not making it the beat. No, they're not getting in the back like, of you. Like, yeah. just <laughs> loves turn this mother out. And I think it was your, it was like, your beat. Down, it was three, just five, your seven. beat. I don't know. <laughs> do, 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 do. But literally, like, the two acts that Tariq forced me to get onto that I wasn't feeling initially was Hammer and, believe it or not, N.W.A. Because really, I just looked at NWA and just said, "Oh, they're gonna be whack," you know. Ooh. I didn't. I didn't. Okay, but them. here's here. Wait, 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 wait. Because now and you're then blowing my mind. No, and I was like, you're oh, blowing shit. my mind because you are my drummer forever in my head. Like, right? I, I put you synonymous with the beats, so now you're scaring me. So no, you have to understand. Thing. Wait, 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 wait. So there's okay. there's Hank Shockley and Public Enemy. And there's rebel and his fight for the power. It's all of that. It's all that that drummage, all that fly ass beats, which NWA emulated. So how in the hell with all those banging beats does West Love not like NWA? <laughs> you gonna explain that shit to me? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back to the roots. That's simply because 
I looked at NWA without oh, even you didn't like the Jerry Curls and the okay, it was the yeah, look. I just saw okay, I, get that part. I was like, oh, are they corny? All right, so and... without say, I get that part. The, the, I, I get that part. The, the, the look wasn't on it. But I check got it. it. This happens to us to this, <laughs> to this day. To this day, because you Nas know it's Philly, we conceded. I get that part. To this day, Nas will deny it, but I realized. Okay, we did a show at Radio City Music Hall once, and Nas was like going to do a walk on with us, and we're sound checking, and like Nas was losing his mind at sound check. Now, mind you, this is like two thousand and eight. Okay, and you know I'm in I'm in the in ear um, like I have a special microphone that all only Roots and Roots staff can hear me, and I was like, Yo, man, Nas is really giddy about us, like in a way that I never expected. And then 10 minutes later, it just hit me. Oh, this is the very first time that Nas in 2008 is listening to The Root. Because he was on the phone like with his boy, like, yo, they sound just like the record. They, he can play breakbeats and da 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 And so in my mind, I was like, oh, yeah. So you're one of them people that looked at us in 94, 95, like, that was his very first time seeing you guys? It's, look, I, I'm just telling you that, in case in point, is that freestyle that he did on Funkmaster Flex. A lot of the, a lot of the elation of people looking at Tariq doing that freestyle was the fact that they just never sat for I got good the point now. I got it. It, it took a minute. Oh, I get it. To, I get it. All right. Okay. All right. To, I mean, it's like, it's like, it's like uh, Dame Dash on the Kanye record. Like, oh shit, it's not whack. Like that's, <laughs> that's what Tariq was getting. Okay. On that from SF. So Ooh, I get circle it. Back. Like I looked at NWA and was just like, ah, they whack. Yeah, and I get that part. Then Tariq played me side one of Straight Out Compton. I was like, wait, they sound like East Coast. Like I, I didn't know they were real, so it's just you Ooh, gotta listen to it. And sometimes. I'm gonna be honest. I not only did I think that they were corny and not, I don't know. I, I just didn't believe it. I had never been to Compton, and like I said, I loved the beat. My sister, like I said, she was crazy. She was a gangster. She I called her Dre until the day she died. That was her nickname. Like she loved NWA so much, right? Um, but she blasted it, and and and. But then you know I went to Compton. I went out west, and I. Saw it, and then I I had a new respect for NWA after seeing that. Because really? back then it was another thing you couldn't do. You couldn't rap about something that you weren't. Yeah, like you can't. Going. You couldn't front. Yeah, like you tough and and knowing you was a little punk. Like you couldn't do that. That was forbidden for me. You had to be what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. And when I went out there, um, I remember it was Ice T. Uh, I had an artist, Ice Cream T. It was her first trip uh, out west. She had a couple gigs lined up and I had these kids. I had to get their parents to sign waivers and all this stuff. And I turned around and he had taken all my kids to Compton. I'm like, what? <laughs> Wait, like, you oh were managing ice cream tea? Yeah, that, that was my artist. Damn, Whoa. he was dipping all okay. in, the, in the thing. Oh, by the way, um, yeah. yeah, we just did a, an episode uh, with... Uh, Tracy Ellis Ross's dad, Bob Ellis. Yeah, and I know that yeah. Ice Cream Tea was also signed on that same level on uh MCA. Yeah, Strong on City Records. Label with, with Busy B and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah we Bob were all was a big family. Talk Bob, about you on that. Yeah, um Bob Ellis was one of the nicest men I ever met in my life, but I had a 
I, I entered into a business venture. I made a bad deal with a brother. I won't say his name, but I started the first hip hop magazine. It was called Strictly Hip Hop. I've read Strictly Hip Hop. Yes. And that was my magazine. I and, did um, not know that. Yeah. That's my name in the back of it. Next time you see me. Wow. <laughs> but okay. anyway, uh, Bob Ellis, I, I went to uh, court with my partner. It turned out to be a disaster. But Bob Ellis was very uh, helpful and helping me come and come up with cash for litigators and stuff. I, I did fight a good fight. I ended up oh, losing. Damn. But yeah, he was very, he was very helpful to me. Really nice guy. Bob was like our fifth guest that had a Lady B story. I'm trying to remember some of the other folks, but he was yeah, like. Bob was cool people. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he was. He was real cool. I people. think it was Premier and some other people, but yeah. Wait, I, I okay. I, I got to ask though. Like, I do know that when we were younger, like you were like everybody's crush you were literally everyone's crush how did you hmm. I, I i could only imagine i mean if we're now just dealing with the politically correct correctness of yeah, me too. A, yeah. a very toxic male atmosphere in you know especially in the music business how did you handle that back then? Again, I, I was just, uh, it's funny that you asked that because I was just, uh, we were just having a conversation, me and Lee Daniels. Mm. I grew up across the street from Lee and- um, Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like my brother. Um, yeah, I Wait, is my Lee mom. from Philly and I don't know this? Yes, so right all across the movies the have been filmed in Philly, except for damn about Philly. All of the damn characters <laughs> are named after precious. us. <laughs> All the characters are named after like Cookie. I I want to say that Cookie, the character of Cookie on Empire, Empire was my sister. Oh, which which mm-hmm. sister are you? <laughs> was my sister. I mean, I, I think that he got a lot of what my sister was in our upbringing out of I love and that. created that character. Wait, why and am Cookie I just learning this name. now? I don't know. Where have you, you been? Le- you, little bubble. He left. What happened? You know what happened, B? Amir left and kind of got a little famous. And so his trips to Philly were like, so. Yeah. Mm, Laia. Laia. During uh, that part, you was really super until, duper. You was really getting the duper fooper famous. Laia, me, me and Lee have been talking on the phone for like almost a year and a half because right. I was supposed to score Billy Holiday. Not once did he ever tell me he was from Philadelphia. Because he probably assumed that you knew. He probably probably thought that you knew. But anywho, he asked me about, um, what was the question of? Oh, oh, the Me Too thing. So, um, and explaining who my sister was again. So me and Lee were having this conversation and we were just talking about, um, you know, some of our friends who had had some difficult times and and things happened to them or whatever. And... I have to honestly say I, I didn't have too many me, definitely no bad ones, but not too many even small me too um, stories because people were scared of my sister. God, that's crazy. I got more <laughs> than you, and you came. Like I remember, me. I remember a guy. I thought he was fine. I wanted to go out with this guy so bad. I had his biggest crush. He's a drug dealer. Da da da. I hopped my hot ass in his car, and we went for this ride, and we're pulling up to this CD hotel in jersey and i'm like what are we doing why are we here you know i'm just got no business being out or in this man's car uh-huh. and he said and he was like oh we're just going to chill here for a minute and go to the movies i was like well i gotta call my sister and tell her 
Uh, nope. And I said, who's your sister? And I told him and he put me in the car and he oh, sped back across the bridge and he let me out in front of my house. I never heard from him again. But wait, B, <laughs> wow. everybody ain't yeah, know your sister, your sister though. No, and everybody must everybody So you're trying to tell me sister. in your 40 year career, nobody has tried to test you. Oh, well, I'm sure they have. I'm just saying I don't have any moments where I would have to uh, you know, take anybody to court and all this drama oh, that I yeah, see. And well, that's funny because we were saying we didn't if do somebody that did do something to me, mm-hmm. I would if you this I laughed the other day and I said this, and this is a quote. If you bothered touch me wrong or disrespected me on Tuesday at two o'clock, by two oh five, I was telling. Like we not mm-hmm. what? That's beautiful you that you had somebody me, to tell because you was at home. No, what? Yeah, I was back into a corner like, oh, I'm going to tell my sister, better move. That's like, beautiful. Because, yeah. you know, it's also rare that radio people never have to move away from home. So the fact that you got to stay at home and that you did have that surrounding community, that's such a blessing. Because no, my sister traveled with me, um, but that was just the way I was raised. And then my brother, you know, the nerd, the Harvard grad, mm. he... um. You know, just by bullying me all my life and tickling me and, t- and wouldn't, you know, sitting on me and wouldn't let me up. I learned how to fight pretty well. Just getting out of those headlocks and stuff. With <laughs> how do you feel now? Fast forward that a lot of like, you know, not for nothing. Some of your brothers that you came up with and made famous are now kind of in the spotlight in that way. And that it's times sad. have changed the things that weren't acceptable, you know, kind of like. It's sad, but I will say that um, they say success can make or break you. I mean, I've seen some brothers, people that I know that little, very disappointing and heart-wrenching to uh, see where they ended up, to see that money and fame, maybe. I don't know what to blame it on. I can't tell their story. Mm-hmm. Um, changes folks. Upbringing. I'm very, I'm very, um, I'm proud to be uh, where I'm where I am now and stand in these shoes. And um, I, I like to raise every, my nieces and and, uh, and all the young women that I, I can uh, teach to put those shoulders back and don't let you do. men treat you. I remember when the R. Kelly tape came out and um, I walked into the radio station and the guys were in a conference room looking at it. Yes. And they were literally that. scrambling, looking for the remote to have it off by the time I hit the door. Oh. And that said a lot. Cause they were not going to be watch that in front of me. That's the mm-hmm. respect that I demanded. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I remember, you know, like Shamara coming to me. Why, why don't they talk to you the way they talk to me? And I was like, because you allow them. See, when you stop somebody right. in their tracks and go, I have to say it. I, you know, I'm a, I'm, I'm a sports girl. I hang out with the guys, but the conversation go a little left. Uh, excuse me, lady in the room. I, I say it all the time. That's wait, wait, wait. Interesting. Okay. I went too far. And I went too far. <laughs> Bring it back. You have to demand that kind of respect. Was there ever um, a time where you just felt like, okay, this this might be above my not above my pay grade, but just sort of like where you might have gotten exhausted and not really know like where you were, where you stood with hip hop. I know I, I know that people often get to that place where it's sort of like, okay, what is this? I remember getting burnt out. I remember being angry that it got so diluted, watered down. Ooh, yeah. Which, yeah. which diluted. era was that? I want to say, like in- most of the time when I was up there in New York, like 
90, 92, 3, up in that, that area. Mm-hmm. Um, what station in New York were you on? WBLS. Wow. I Okay. You know, I, <laughs> I didn't even realize. That I was there when Frankie Crocker was the program director. And yeah. What was he like? He was a okay. not, not a, not yeah. a nice Ooh. guy. Now that's a dependable <laughs> well, you're, question. You're the only person I know that actually worked in proximity of him. Like I, I, Here's a story. Here's a story. Um, He would call these staff meetings crazy early in the morning and basically talk about himself for like the first 45 minutes. The first 45 minutes. The first 45 minutes. (laughs) I'm like, this dude named Elroy, I know. So, uh, yeah, it was like, (laughs) and then. I remember I, I just being sarcastic and I was just like, you know, Red Alert has all these contests because I was going up against Red Alert over at, at KISS at the time. And I'm like, y'all don't have any contests or anything for me to give away. How am I going to compete? I'm not from uh, New York. You know, I, I got to come here and, you know, get my feet wet. But y'all, I need some help. And he said, well, what do you want, Lady B? And I said, well, can you I don't know. Can they win a date with Big Daddy Kane or something? And he, you know, just showing off, he picked up the phone, he gets Warner Brothers on the phone. Of course, he says, that's done deal. You want anything else? And I'm like, no, that'll be enough. (laughs) (laughs) And it happened? So it happened. So Bugsy, um, so we do the whole promotion. Kane goes on a date with the girl. We know we do the pictures, blah, blah, blah. And we come back and Bugsy is on the air signing on. He was also yeah. in New Yorker. Okay. Right. He's in New I, know, York I remember still. from Power Night. He's on okay. he's on Sirius now and he's still on Kiss, I think. Okay. So he um he's going his crossover with Frankie Crocker. And Frankie Crocker says, Yeah, Lady B's jeans are fitting a little too tight today. I might have to fire her because you can't mess with company personnel. Wow. And I was oh. so I was so insulted. So I immediately started the West, the Willen Avenue me came out quest. And I'm like, who wow. the fuck? I went to <laughs> and Kane, Big Daddy Kane saved my job when he put his hand over my mouth. Wow. He was like, I'm be easy. I'm going to lose you your job. It was, that happened. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that happened. Jesus. And that happened. So, so those are some of my stories. I don't believe I'm sharing these stories in public. This Amir, is y'all not gonna tell us how the song came together? Just uh, the, the boopity scoop or whatever. The, no, the, well the that too. Discombobulated. But, yeah, I, I ain't. Oh, I want to oh, know that. <laughs> well, I was talking about the roots, John. But yes, that too. They said they said that I said it on the air um, all the time. They said I said I for I, I didn't remember this, but uh, Tyreek and Amir said that I said something on the air. Without a doubt, all the time, and then they took Schoolie. It was Schoolie's beat, right? Yeah, yeah. And then they asked me to come in the studio, and I'm like, "Come in the studio and do what?" They said, "We just want you to say what you say on the radio, without a doubt." I'm like, "That's all I got to say." They were like, "Yeah." I'm like, "All right, like what?" Yeah, we had a tape of an old of an old show of hers, but you know, back then it was FM radio, and sometimes static would be. I mean, now, you know, I, I embrace imperfection and, and mistakes and all those things. So I would gladly sample someone with FM radio static. Ah. But back then. I love it. It's coming back to people. It was, want you know, it was like, ah, this again. sounds like a cheap radio. Let's get her to do it for real. So. And it was the best session. They were blazing. I was like, we're allowed to do this in here. This is amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I will say that. Um, fun fact. The without a doubt is the one song that we made 
that wasn't recorded directly. Um, we didn't do uh, a lot of the tracking. We didn't do that at Sigma initially. Mm-hmm. We had to use a studio on Kasha Hawken. And um, when we got to the studio. But I was in Sigma, but that's where I came to. Right. You did your, right. you did your part yeah, in Sigma. I did my part but in Sigma. Okay. Rest in peace, Sigma. We, we did I we know. did the tracking in Kasha Hawken. And we did it on Rick James's Neve board that he did for Street Songs. Wow. And the engineer and the owner of the studio that purchased wow. that James uh, collected all the cocaine residue mm, that, 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 that board had for at least seven years. And I swear to God, it could fit like a, a, a garbage bag. So like, let me tell you my Rick James story that scared me. And I know you're not lying. So yep. when I was a young girl, another one of my jobs at the radio station was to get the artists to do drops. You know, I used to do drops. Oh, yes, I do. Yes. Hey, this is Rick James. When I'm in Steel. town, I listen yes. to whatever, whatever. Yes. So I never forget it. Crazy little rock and roll white guy was our engineer. I loved him. His name was Alan. He was like all over the place. And Rick James walks into the studio and he just does it. He just lays down his long line on the console. In the radio station. In the radio station. And I'm standing there like, oh, crap. What I ran back and told my boss. I was like, yo, dude, it's off the chain. Like, he's just doing lines right there. And then Alan, he's crazy. He was like, dude, I want some. And it was just a whole thing. And wait, what? <laughs> the A's. It was Shit. a whole girl. girl. Oh, it was a whole. I was like, this man. Write the book. Sorry. <laughs> that was I was going to say, outside of hip hop, like you also have interactions with, you know, non hip hop artists as well. And, and like at, at, at any point during your first five to 10 years of being a radio personality. Did you also do non hip hop radio as well? Like this is Luther Bandros. No, no, no. <laughs> not in the beginning. Away victory tour tickets for the Jacksons. Like, I mean, yeah, I had to, we did, we did that other stuff on the station. Yeah, sure. I mean, you know, but you ain't play that shit. who didn't, um, no, I didn't go into regular format for like you, like you said at the beginning of this, uh, conversation from you know 79 89 it was all i was all so understand listening audience the privilege that you are listening to not only did she dj not only did she speak she picked her own records for 10 years as a radio person it just don't happen it just it don't happen it doesn't doesn't happen anymore i'm gonna tell you another well sometimes uh i guess i could tell this because he's no longer with us but mary mason's son was my job was my boss and um I remember he got into uh, an argument with the guy at a, uh, what was running profile? And uh, Corey? Um, uh, Manny. Manny, okay, I'm thinking. Manny? Okay. I want to say his name was Manny. Anyway, they got into this big fight and I wasn't allowed to play. Um, Run DMC? Run DMC. And I remember taking a marker because he didn't know one rapper from the other. Like he wasn't into hip hop. So I blacked out the labels. So when he came in the studio, I wouldn't get caught. (laughs) What? (laughs) I know you have a billion of these stories, man. Like, you know, things that you don't think about. Yeah, I had to do that. He would kill. He would come back to life and kill me if he knew that. But yeah, I would black out. (laughs) Because I just love Sucker MC so much. Like, there's no way I'm not playing this. B, you the reason I rebelled. And then you want to say it's, it's all my fault. <laughs> I, it just hit me. Lady B, can you can you settle this 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 Philadelphia rumor? Mm. Okay, I'll try. 
I mean, I, I smoke just as much as the rest of you. My memory could be gone, but go ahead. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, this is this is 13-year-old ninth grade Amir asking this question. Oh, God. Yes, Amir. What can I do for you, dear? All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Have you been thinking about LASIK but not sure if you're a candidate? Just go to LASIK.com slash quiz and take our free candidacy quiz. In just a few minutes, you'll know if LASIK is likely right for you. And if it is, we'll connect you with experienced LASIK doctors in your area. Start your journey towards 2020 vision. Take our free candidacy quiz at LASIK.com slash quiz. Yeah, LASIK.com. Easy to remember, so you know where to start. L-A-S-I-K, LASIK.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Were you at all engaged to BJ in the morning from Power 99? Or was that a rumor? Okay, so let me tell you how that story started. You what? So first of all, you look like a kid, um, Amir. We had a promotions director. So listen, we had a promotions director at the radio station, and uh, I want to say it was the Enquirer. Anyway, there was a a article written and about all the radio stations in Philadelphia, and they left us out. They left out Power ninety nine. We got no mention. And this promotions director, she's pissed. She's like, how in the hell can they leave us out? We're the number one urban station, blah, 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 blah. She goes, we have to come up with a real great gimmick. Oh, no. I felt for the okie doke. No, listen, listen. Patience, my brother, patience. So she says, uh, Felicia Rashad was just proposed to by her husband. What was his name? Amir Rashad. Amir Rashad. On the parade. Yeah, I remember that. He proposed on a sports show, remember? On the, mm-hmm. on the parade, the Thanksgiving on TV. parade. Right, whatever. It was right. on TV, everybody knew. I saw it. So um, uh, she says, you guys should do some kind of, you know, like gag like that and act like BJ's proposing to you. So um, he, we set it up. It happens post-game of a Sixers game. It goes up on the screen, the whole nine. Um we couldn't tell our co-workers, um, only the program director knew and his, and, his, and his lady. We had to act like, to really sell it, we had to act like with our co-workers that we were, you know, dating. And um, they're like, oh, let me see you kiss. And I fake kiss him. And uh, <laughs> we they, he proposed to me at the game. It goes up on the screen. Right. The crowd is yelling. Um, 
say yes, say no. The crowd's going crazy. And I'm laughing so hard. So I grabbed my girlfriend. I put my head down on her shoulder as if I'm crying, but I'm really laughing. But I got to try to play this off. Right. So, so everybody thinks I was crying and I, you know, and I just ran off like, I, you know, I, I can't give an answer now, blah, blah, blah. Then we milked it on the air. BJ proposed to me. Will she say yes? Blah, blah, blah. The whole, um, it, it just got out. It just got out of hand. So then we're hosting the new edition show at the Spectrum and, and we come out and we make the announcement. Um, he goes, I want to introduce you to my new edition. Lady B said yes. We come out on stage. <laughs> he said yes. But. And all of this hanging out and pretending, he oh. ended up really cracking on me. Oh. And he ended up really proposing to me. What? And yeah, he proposed by putting uh, the diamond ring in an ice tray and told me to go get him some ice or something. And I went and got <laughs> some ice. And he was like, look at the ice. And he was like, look at that. I was like, what is in this? It was the whole thing. Anyway, wow. it turned out to be a very horrible relationship. Oh, I might oh, say, may he rest in peace too. <laughs> it turned out to be oh, wow. horrible, one of the worst relationships in my life. But at first, it was a gag, and then it really happened, and I, then I really ran away from. I it. just remember the 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 day after, I guess the the Sixers thing happened. Just every that's all, you know. And this is before social media, so right. We were our own social this was, media. This was a very viral thing that happened. It was the talk like, in the barbershop. <laughs> yes, exactly. And I always wanted to know that. Wait, Fonte, I got to explain to you. Because I know we'll skip discombobulated, boobulated. Um, <laughs> he really wants uh, to know you, that. You, you would know yeah, I really want to. I thought that's what you're about to talk about. Yeah, what is that? You you would know him as Joey B. Ellis. All right, you know oh, go Bruce. for it. The, 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 right. the Rocky Five nigga. Right, yeah. but before he was Joey B. Ellis, the the singing, the original Drake, the the singing rapping <laughs> guy. No, no, that was a big deal. Like his thing was like, I sing and I rap. You know, and you know, he, yeah. people were like, well, what about T.J. Swan? He's like, well, he can't rap. Like, so that was his little niche. Right. So in about like eighty five, eighty six, he comes out. Um, you know, after after school, he came out to do PSK and totally just revolutionized. You know, Philly hip hop, right? Then there came a whole slew of other Philly acts with their little yellow labels with hand drawn cartoons and all that stuff. Designed their own labels, made their own clothes, right? And that person (laughs) was uh, he was he was called the singing MC Breeze before he was Joey Mm -hmm. B. Ellis. Oh wow! And he did he did a song that was so popular, but unfortunately, like the last verse was about. Uh, a melee that happened in a Chinese restaurant. And of course, you know, he's playing all the stereotypes of, of oh. Chinese people. Talking like that. Oh, wow. That was the that song was like it. number instantly number one. And I remember <laughs> that Lorraine Ballard Morrow. Oh, um, no. Are, with Asian. Oh. Yeah, like Lorraine Ballard Morrow was very offended of the song and like Gave a special yes. news like that's the first time we heard about like you can't perpetuate stereotypes and this is very you can't say that Asian exactly mm-hmm. da, 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 da. so yeah. that was, he like, was a, just like that's hip hop because your Asian let's talk side about Schooly D why didn't you haven't you asked me about how much problem I had with Schooly I didn't even get I didn't even notice you played PSK and all his records so much so Schooly came to me right 
I'm on, I just got my job on FM. You can't tell me nothing. I, I'm, I'm on the radio, radio. Like this right. is, this is real. It was just a joke before. This is real, real. I got a whole job. Right. And here comes Schooly with his record with, I don't know, at least 25, 30 curse words. <laughs> I'm like, Schooly, what, what am I supposed to do with this? Right. And he started crying. You won't play my record. He's sitting on the curb. <laughs> He's so dramatic. I can't. Ask Schooly. Schooly will tell you the story. <laughs> oh, I believe you. That I made his ass cry, that he was sitting on the curb, you. and I wouldn't play his song. So he would bring me like a six minute song that had about, like I said, a skillion fucks in it. And I remembered me and Jeff Mills taking it, putting it on reel to reel and doing our own cut tape edit on a reel to reel. Like yep. take out his curse word, tape it back up, put the Ooh, tape back on, put it back on the reel to reel. <laughs> and after, after I took out the cuss word, schooly song went from like six minutes to about, 250 and that's, the, <laughs> and that's the part i played until uh the company had to do me a radio edit but at the beginning i had to do my own radio edit and that is the way we didn't have the equipment and stuff you know the technology we have now one of my one of my favorite nights of yours was the the, the aforementioned uh steady b versus will smith battle yeah now where... that's a tape i can't find Dude, okay, so Will Smith will forever, he'll forever have my respect because he somehow got the call. He freestyled that Steady B was a munchichi. And I just remember at that point, Steady B actually wanting to fight Will and them. Like, and I did not help matters any because I thought it was the funniest ish I had ever heard. And I think the fact that we all laughed. Made him really angry. <laughs> Yo, I, we were all laughing when but that, that happened. That like, was the era when Shantae stepped off that stage. That was the era when you had to come off raw off the top of your right. head and just, you just had, that That was actually what you call freestyling. That yeah. was freestyling. People like, can't Will, see Will in that environment They, they, they underestimated Will because they were like, well, you're not real hip hop. You're suburban. You talk all proper. Right. First of all, he and, wasn't suburban. He lived in my neighborhood. Well, the fact yeah, but, that he and, wasn't I mean, out the there gangbanging and talk about it, B. grabbing his jaw and acting and, you know, didn't come up in a one parent household. We didn't learn how to respect women and stuff just wow. because he wasn't raised like that. Wow. Did not mean he wasn't a part and just as authentic and true to hip hop as right. everybody else. That is what I love the most about him. That's when Will was the first one, you know, who made me. His, his lyrics made me smile. It, I mm-hmm. call it happy hip-hop. But you know, everybody else was all bravado. I got a big back Cadillac. I got this. No, you don't. You live in your mama's house. Like, stop lying. Right. You know what I mean? Facts. But Will was like the first one. I mean, you know, it was, it was, it, it was funny. It was fun. It right. made you smile. Yeah. And then you put a dope DJ like Jeff with him. And it was just a, the greatest combination ever. Wow. Well, ever. Look. I, I can I can go on and on nerding out forever. Yeah. Um, it's been beautiful seeing y'all friendship too and how it's evolved and stuff. You, Jeff, and Will, and how they still come out and support you. That shit is dope. I just texted uh, the guy that's on the movie set with him. I'm like, tell Will I need a one minute video of him congratulating me for my 40th. He, he, the guy texts back, he's doing it as soon as he gets out of such and such. I'm like, thank you. He oh, never. You know he, he, he lives for Instagram posts, so you know he's going no. To he lives for the show. You missed was my 30th. He came home to surprise me like i didn't even know he was coming to the show really 
-hmm. He performed with salt and pepper. He did what a man. He performed with Chuck and Flav. He got out there. He was a whole SWW. He did Lottie oh, Dottie with Dougie. <laughs> he stayed on stage all night. And wait. And there's more. It rained. Torrential rain. It was like the hip-hop Woodstock. It, it, people did not leave. They stayed in the rain. Will was shaking me. Are you having as much fun as me? I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> wow. Nah, man. He, he, he stayed on stage all night and surprised me. It was the dopest thing ever. Well, you we deserve talk. all your flowers. Hell you know, in yeah. 81, you just, mm. you, you literally introduced me to the world that I get to, that I built an empire on. Wow. And that says I really, a lot. I want to thank you for that. You know? And don't forget Love, about dude. your radio mentees around here because she got a lot of those in the world too. Oh, yes. I love that one. That's that's my little mini lady because she don't let and don't she sit up here and and act like she acts, but I ain't let nobody say nothing to her either. She was the no, only we, one of the staff meetings to that. speak up. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. <laughs> be watch me. Be watch me get proud fired. Of that one right there. Proud of that one right there. You watch me get fired too, girl. So it's all good. <laughs> uh, be you have any? Uh, you got any children? Like. No, what, what story? I, um, no kids? I tried, but my sister, again, I talk about her so much. She's been gone for two years now. No, my sister uh, gave me kids. And then my old man passed away on me and he left me kids. So um, am I a mother and a grandmother? Yes, yes. to every extent of the word. Um, I have taught them to walk, talk, potty trained, school meetings. <laughs> I am a mother. Um, you you birthed a nation. You and I am a grandmother. And I know I literally... You know, I remember when my sister took ill, she had a stroke and I was taking care of her in her latter years. And the doctor asked her, you know, you don't have a high blood pressure or anything. You don't, do you worry about anything? It says you have three children and, and seven grandchildren. She says, no, I don't do that. My sister does that. And she meant it. Like she, <laughs> I raised hmm. her kids. She was my, she called me her baby daddy. She sent me uh, cards on Father's Day. Happy yeah. Father's Day. Wow. <laughs> You the dopest daddy ever. That's dope. Okay. Mm -hmm. yes. yes. They walk right past their mother and come to me. Crazy. So discombobulated, boo. I'm not. What is this? That that title? What is what is that song? If oh, Amir won't tell know, me, please. But be. If you Wait, knew, I just explained it to you. You explained Oh, that oh, that was the that was the I didn't know that, that was the song you were referring to. That was the offensive. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. I didn't know that was the Joy yeah. B. Ellis MC Breeze thing. Got it. Yeah. Okay, got it. Google it. Actually, okay. we'll, we'll it. refer to it if you remember uh the follow-up to Girls Ain't None But Trouble, uh, a song mm -hmm. called Just One of Those Days. Just One of Them Days, mm -hmm. yep. I remember that. Right, when, when, when. Well, Ice Cream Tea had an answer to that, too. We did Boys of the World Ain't Nothing, Guys of the World Ain't well, Nothing But Trouble. Cream tea, I remember yes, that one, too. the answer. <laughs> but when, that was my song, like, yeah, I'm just saying. No, I know. <laughs> when Will talks about kicking the feline cat, he's giving a reference to. Yeah, this kebab later, boob later, where yeah, yeah, verse one, he he kills the cat, he throws it on the roof, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Bleep, bleep, bleep roof, and the, yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. a very violent song. It's I like didn't realize Dutch that was Bucks. the same song you were referencing, but I got you exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, what is double Dutch Charlie Bucks? Mac asked, Could Breeze open up my show uh Sunday? and I'm like, I, I don't, I don't think we have enough time. <laughs> 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 No, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I, it I don't matter. It sounded like that. Yeah. No, it's just that we have so many artists on. I wouldn't mind. I, he he opened up for the uh, Juice Crew battle. He still and he did every word of Discombobby Beauty. Don't get it twisted. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I wow. would if I had the time. I, I literally have seven acts, and you know they put us out of the deal. Yeah. Hell. 
Yeah, right, I probably boy. won't even. I probably won't even get the MC. I probably be like, I'm next. There <laughs> you go. Well, I one. I hope. I, I I really hope that you seriously start preserving your archives because on, I mean, yeah. you're, you are the history of hip hop. So that's important. I am, and I'm going to donate some of them. I wish you could see my my uh, my she cave down here, because I, I, I have will, every. I will be at your house in two seconds. Thank I you. have every gold album I. I'm looking at Run DMC. I'm looking at LL. Wow. I'm looking at Jeff and Will. I'm looking yeah. at this is hip hop oh, history down here. Yeah, on I, was, I, I wanted to ask you, B. So, um, I'm just thinking now. What was your relationship with uh, with the pop art guys like Lawrence Goodman? Like, what was what was that like? Yeah, can you uh, tell us what Lawrence? No one wants to talk about Lawrence Goodman. Well, <laughs> because he'll sue you. I was just gonna say, and neither do I, because Will <laughs> talked about him and he freaking sued him. Because I can tell really? you some ish. <laughs> I can tell yeah. you, yeah, coming in my house, threatening me and stuff. Yeah. Mm. Oh, wow. And is, is he still alive to these days? Is he still? I did see him um, not too long ago. He's, he's got all this gray hair and his really long beard. I did. But it's wow. a shame that you can't say things because people might sue you. Yeah, man. <laughs> you never know. People, people might get super litigious. So, yeah, I've, I've heard many a story about uh, the pop art days, but um, well, just to let you know, like I said, refer to my sister again. My sister laughed at them and, and thought of them as some kind of jokes. She wasn't scared, so I truly wasn't going to be scared. Well, can you just tell Lee Daniels that yes, we would watch the movie because I know he's thinking. <laughs> <laughs> he needs to All do right. that. Yes, he needs to do. Who would that. he That's cast funny. in the Lady B movie? Yes, who who would right? he would? Who? Matt keeps asking him, you should do a movie on Lady B, blah, 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 blah. He gonna listen. He gonna listen. Nah. So who's gonna play you, B? Who is it? Who? What's her name? Who's gonna be? I, we're not doing Who would be Lady B? No, we are not. Come doing on, B. No, we are not. Okay. That's a good one. I'm taking I'm taking I told y'all enough. I'm taking the rest of my grave. Oh, okay. So you got it in your mind. You just don't want to share it yet. Okay. <laughs> okay. Y'all are stupid. This has we been really you. cool. Um, this is the first time somebody's hanging up with us. I love it. Go ahead. Get off the phone. Lesson. You can try to deny me all you want, yes. but I want my drum lessons. Okay, okay, I say okay. every time I see you, I don't even say hello. Every time I see him, I'm like, Where are my drum, drum lessons? lessons? Yes, I <laughs> so know. I, I don't know. even say hello first. <laughs> I know. For them I will. Drum lessons. No, coming. I'm grown. I'm not, what? And what? I don't have any more patience in the house to take care of the kids are going i can actually get me a set and bang out let's i say right. let's wake up the neighbor I'm, I'm gonna have to send her a drum set now okay yeah you should oh, right, oh my god i would die i would die that's that's <laughs> the, that's the least i could do for you for changing my life um again congratulations on your 40 years as as a pioneer for changing all of our lives we're, we're all the better for it and mm -hmm. another 40 another 400 years of your legacy may it last oh, man. We thank you for doing our show I mean, uh, thank you so much. Nah, this has been so much fun. I felt like I just had a whole conversation with my homies. You did. You did. That's what did. it's supposed to feel like. Word up. You absolutely. And that's that's what it feels free. like. No. All right. Well, I'll see y'all on the next go round, y'all. This is Questlove on behalf of Lady B, Fontigolo, Sugar Steve, Unpaid Bill, and Lightyear. All right. See you next time. Hey, this is Sugar Steve. Make sure you keep up with us on Instagram at QLS and let us know what you think and who should be next to sit down with us. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast. Quest Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio.
For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.